Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This is a CC Radio podcast. It was just the most massive thing I've ever seen. I, to tell you the honest truth, I thought, well, we're the only ones left on this planet. Something's happened. We've missed something here. The fear that went in me when I seen it was just, um, like, the feeling. I'd say it was fear, but I've never felt that feeling before in my entire life. It's a weird feeling. Like, you can't explain it when you don't know. You feel like you're being followed, but you don't know what it is. We had two to our right, another one in front of us, another one to the left, and another one just across the road, shaking the daylight out of the tree. All we get was a big red eye. I remember waking up and looking at the end of the bed, and there was a figure there, almost insect-like, and then I blacked out. Welcome to the show, everyone. You are listening to Believe, Paranormal and UFO Radio. My name is Cade Moyer, and thanks for tuning in. If you've had an encounter, get in touch with me. My email address is believe at ccradio.com.au or you can message me on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash believe UFO radio. If you enjoy this episode, there are a few things you can do to help the show. Firstly, you can go to iTunes and leave us a five star rating and review or you can share the show around social media with your friends and family and that would help us grow. Tonight, I'm joined by David, and David has the ability to see ghosts, and he's been able to do this for quite a while, from a young age, actually. David, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. It's great to have you on, mate. It is not every day you get to talk to someone who can see ghosts, and I kind of get a, a sixth sense uh, feel about this, and I'm sure you kind of get jokes like that all the time from your mates about this type of stuff. But where did this all kind of happen with you when you when you first realized that you kind of had this this gift, I would say? Yeah, well, it first started in my bedroom when I was about 15 years old. I um, I woke up in the middle of the night, used the bathroom, and I came back and um, got back in bed and there was a lady standing in my room. She was dressed all in white. She had a glow to her and I knew her instantly to be my great-grandmother who had passed away about three or four weeks prior to this. She was the first one that I'd ever seen. Now, my grandmother, my great-grandmother, sorry, was your very stereotypical Maltese nunna, as they call her. Um, about four foot nothing, a little bit plump, and she was 90 when she passed away. The lady standing in front of me looked about between 26 and 30, and but I knew it was her. So that was the first one I'd ever seen, and she started talking to me, and I was a little bit freaked out at first, but... I don't know why I didn't have any type of scared reaction or anything. I knew it was her, and I just started talking to her, asking her if she's okay and that type of thing, like you normally would. Wow, that's incredible! So you got to you got to see your your great grandma in almost her prime, by the sounds of that. 
Yeah, yeah, that's the word I use when I describe it too. I, I saw her in a tribe. Um, she was she was the only one that came to me um, that looked like that. Everybody else that's passed that I've seen looks as I remember them. And did you ever remember seeing pictures of your, your great-grandma at that age or anything like that? No, not when she was young. And there was also um, a man who came into the conversation afterwards and I had no idea who this person was. Um, he was very tall, very stocky, um, and he was wearing like what you like a blue singlet, like you would call a wife beater, you know, and um, like uh, almost like footy shorts and big thick socks and work boots on. And I had no idea who this was. I couldn't see any facial features. He looked like a doll with no features on his face and so no eyes, no nose, no mouth, nothing, just a completely blank face. And when I, because I knew it was my great grandmother, I spoke to my nan. So this was her mum. And I spoke to her about this, and I also mentioned the um, the man standing behind her. And she actually said to me, she goes, hold on one second. She went and pulled out this little box that she's got. And I'd never seen this in my life, this box. And she pulled it out, and she pulled out a photo, which was, I think they call it sepia. It's like before black and white. It was like that goldy, really old type of film. Yeah, yeah. And, I, I know the type. Yeah. And she said, she goes, have a look in here. And... Can you see him? And this photo, it was taken in the Maltese Navy in the early 1900s. And um, I pointed straight to him and I said, yep, that's him. And she said, that's my father. Oh, you're kidding. So that was my great-grandfather who we don't have any pictures of apart from this one, which I'd never known about. Now, he passed away when my mum was seven years old, I believe it to be. So I had no way of ever meeting him. Or anything like that. So that was the first part that really, really like started to spin a few people out, you know? Yeah, that's incredible. And it's it's really interesting that you couldn't see his face. And I wonder if that's because you never knew what he looked like. So maybe he didn't know how to show himself to you. Yeah, that's that's what I put it down to. And um, he also, he was like shy. He was always like, he wouldn't let me look at him properly. Um, and I, I couldn't work that out. And I said that to my nan. And she said to me, she goes, what was he trying to hide? I said, you know, I said he was always turning like his right side of his body away. And she started laughing. And she said to me, she goes, yeah, she goes, that's because he had a big tattoo on his right calf muscle. And apparently, like when my nan was little back in Malta, because it was really taboo to have a tattoo back then, um, he'd always get up and run to put a pair of trousers on so no one saw him. So he didn't want me to see his tattoo, basically. That's incredible. That's absolutely fascinating. And you saw you saw that apparition the same time that you saw your great grandma in, yeah, your, it was in like, your room. Yes, it was like halfway through the conversation, all of a sudden he just appeared and he was there with her. That's incredible. And did he look like in in, in the same type of glow that your your great grandma did? Yeah, it was it was a little bit different, but I would say yeah, pretty much the same. And what was that glow looking like? Because when I when I hear the the ghost was glowing, and because I'm a I'm a massive geek, I kind of think of like a, a Star Wars ghost or something like that. That kind of is semi transparent, has a little bit of a glow to it. Is that is that what was happening, or was it something else? No, it was. It, I would describe it as something else. See, well, the figures themselves are solid figures that I see. So it's like you and I standing in front of each other having a conversation. As you can see me, that's how I see them. The only, when I said that there was a glow, it was kind of like the best way I can describe it is 
if you were doing a colouring book and around the edges of it, you got like a white pencil and you like shaded around the outside of the, the outline of the figure. That's what this glow kind of kind of looked like. It's very hard to put it into words, but that's the, probably the best way I can do it. Kind of like an aura. Yeah, almost. Yep. Right. And you see that with uh, basically every every apparition that you see or, or, or spirit that you see. A lot of them. Not not all of them. A lot of them I do that. Okay. And what was going through your mind when you, you saw your grandma? Because what was it that made you feel like this was a, a safe encounter that you that you knew it was your great grandma what was it what was there about it that was the the calming factor to you to, to be perfectly honest i i don't know it was it was it was really non-tangible i just had this feeling that it was safe and i suppose the fact that i instantly knew that it was her was um that was the calming calming thing for me because i like i grew up seeing her as a kid and she was nothing but nice you know and so i didn't really have a reason to be afraid when you saw her how long did you see her for? It felt like five minutes, but I would assume it was for probably half an hour. Wow, that's that's a long experience. Yeah, yeah. I, I just generally have a lot of like longer experiences when I have them. And with this experience, were you able to communicate with her? Yes, just just like I am with you now. Really? Yep. I've been seen numerous times, standing places, talking to nothing and talking out loud but i can talk to them out loud like i'm talking to you now or i can also almost like talk to them in my head and they talk back to me what's that experience like when you're you're talking to them um almost in that telepathic uh in that sense there to me it's kind of normal because i'm i suppose because i'm used to it now it's um it was weird at first because i was like it's this is crazy they're reading my mind basically but then i thought well they're not they're not alive anymore. They're, they are a spirit. So anything's possible. And with the with the conversation with your great-grandma, how did that eventuate? Like, was it, were you kind of freaked out by it when it was first happening? Or was it just, you had that that, that feeling of, of sense of calm and you, you were just talking to a normal person? Yeah, I had the sense of calm. And like, at first it was, I think the surprise of it was just the, oh my God, are you okay? What's going on? How are you here? And she just basically put me at ease. She didn't ever, she didn't so much say why she's there or anything. I think she just started talking to me and just telling me things like to tell my nan and to tell my nan's brothers and sisters. How do you go about explaining this to other family members? Are they very accepting of, of this type of thing? <laughs> some, some are, some are. It's um, very 50-50. Now, to give you a bit of background, my background is Maltese. And anybody who knows Maltese people, they are very, very Catholic. I'm, I'm not. I'm the exact opposite. That's just my personal belief. But um, like my nan, even when I told her this and I picked my grand, great-grandfather out of the photo and I told her some other things that there's nothing that I could know, that I sh- should be able to know, um, she didn't believe me. And it's only until recently that she's actually started believing me because in her eyes, they've passed away. The Catholic belief is they're in heaven. They shouldn't be here because they should be in heaven. Why aren't they in heaven? So I've had to deal with that from a lot of my family. And then a few of them, like my parents included, they were they were freaked out at the start. And then I started telling them things that there's no way in the world I could possibly know, like 
I'm telling them their personal experiences when they were kids that they know that they've never told me, so I have no way of knowing these things. And I'm telling them what's happened, and then they were, they're very accepting of it. My mum was scared at first, like she wanted to have the house blessed and she wanted to have me blessed and everything, but I never wanted to get rid of it because I never saw it as a bad thing. I always saw this as a gift, and I, I love being able to do what I can do. So when you're having these conversations, they are genuine interactions with intelligent, uh, intelligent uh, back and forwards responses. Yes, I had one about two months ago. Now, my nan's brother, um, I call him Uncle George. He's, um, I grew up with him because I used to spend a lot of time with my nan's when I was a kid. And she used, he, he used to come over on a Friday and Saturday night and we'd watch the football and he'd always watch wrestling with me. So I grew up very close to him. He passed away of a stroke about two years ago. And I'm a truck driver for work and I was just driving. And he was always a prankster in real life. He would do anything for a joke, anything for a laugh. And he's the same now that he's passed. He um, basically poked me in the ribs while I was sitting at a, at a red light. And he just started laughing at me. So I'm having a conversation with him. And he said to me, he goes, you need to ring your nan. I said, why? What's up? And he just said, he goes, nothing's wrong. He goes, just ring your nan. She was thinking about you. So I made a phone call. I rang my nan and she was really happy to hear from me. I hadn't spoken to her in a few weeks, which is slack on my my part. But she said, she goes, oh my God, she goes, I was thinking about you. She goes, um, you bought me something when you went to New Zealand on holidays. I was walking past and I saw it and I was thinking of you and I haven't spoken to you. She goes, I was going to ring you tonight. And she said, how did you know to ring me? And I said, so Uncle George told me. And she said, that's funny because she thought that she saw him in her house at the, out the corner of her eye. And then she started asking me questions about it. And that's the first time, I'm 33 now, so the first time in about 18 years that I've, I actually thought that my grandmother believed me about the whole situation, which is really cool. That is incredible because to have this experience on your own and have your family members almost not support it it would be really tough to to not be able to share that gift with them especially if there's messages say that i guess past family members want to share with them and it's that would be really hard to communicate with them if they're really not on board with the the idea yeah it got to a stage where they they're aware that the family members are very non-receptive to this so they just they wouldn't tell me anything because i went to a couple of uncles and stuff and you could tell that they didn't believe me, so I just I just never bothered after a while. I kind of pick and choose my battles, you know. Yeah, absolutely. I can I can completely understand that because it's um it's incredibly difficult to convert a non believer into into something that's your everyday life essentially. I've I've done it a few times. I've managed to do it a few times. There's been some instances where people who don't believe me, I've been with them and something's happened to um to make them believe I can tell you one story with a friend of mine who was an absolute non-believer used to tell me that I was full of shit and all that and one day because I used to be in a band and we were at band practice and he and I went to get lunch and he got pulled over by a police officer and just for a random breath test nothing we weren't doing anything bad or anything and then I had I could see this person female standing next to this officer and he started, sorry, the the apparition, the spirit, whatever you want to call it, um, started talking to me because she wanted to get a message across to the police officer. 
And I said to this police officer, I said, Have, do you know someone who's just passed away, female? And he said, yes, he is my sister. And then it was, this was a long time ago. I can't remember the name specifics, but I basically told him her name. I said, well, she's standing right beside you. And this officer started crying. Oh, wow. And, and he said to me, he goes, well, he goes, if she's really there, tell me there's one thing we used to call her, find out what it is. And I, I can't remember the name, but it was, they, they used to, they were a different nationality. I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was a nickname in a foreign language. And I told him this and he couldn't, he, this police officer was absolutely stunned, could not believe it. Um, my mate was absolutely astonished. I told him the message that she wanted me to pass on and he made me get out of the car, came around the passenger side and hugged me in tears and thanked me, didn't want to let me go, gave me his phone number. He said, he goes, well, he goes, I can't thank you enough for this. So I ended up getting a, a thank you card in the, um, in the mail from him. And then he left and my mate looked at me and straight up apologized to me. He said, he goes, man, he goes, the amount of times I've doubted you of what you said, he goes, that was unbelievable. Wow. That's such a beautiful story. Yeah, that was, that was, that was one of the most touching ones because it doesn't happen often where I see people that I don't know, like, and get put in a position to actually help someone. And that was really touching. It was nice. Yeah, absolutely. That would have been the the absolute highlight of having, I guess, a, a, a talent, a gift like yourself, the, the yeah. one that you had. That that would have just been the ultimate experience. Yeah, it was. It was surreal. It really was. That was. It, yeah, it touched me. It really did. And now a quick word from our sponsor. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Also, are you wanting more content? Why not become a Believe Plus member? You'll get access to exclusive podcasts and episodes that aren't available to the public. Not only that, you'll also get our regular feed without any ads. Head to believepod.com forward slash plus to sign up today for just $5 a month. Talking about things that, that do touch you there is one thing that I did notice that you said earlier is that you said that your that your uncle poked you. So yep. you can actually have physical interactions with these things uh, as well. I can. He will poke me. He can blow on the back of my neck, rustle my hair, that type of stuff. But if you knew him in life... It wouldn't surprise you about him because that's who he was. That's incredible because I I hear stories of people having interactions with ghosts where they see things move or things turn on, but it's very, very rare that I hear someone say that I was actually physically touched by a ghost. And yep. in in like a, a, I guess, a playful matter, not a, a matter where it's like a, a scratch or, or something like that. Yeah, it's, um, I have been scratched, but we'll probably touch on that a little bit later. But um, we've, I've had many physical interactions with them, one involving my entire family, my, my mum, my dad, and my younger brother. My brother was interested in purchasing a motorbike, and we've always been dead against motorbikes in my family. I don't know why, we've just never been brought up with them. And we were actually getting... A little bit upset with him because he just wouldn't listen wouldn't listen wouldn't listen and 
we went a little bit too far. Now, this is my other great-grandmother. The first grandmother I was talking about is on my mum's side. This is my great-grandmother on my dad's side. Now, she, for lack of a better term, I call her my brother's guardian angel. I don't believe that she is an actual guardian angel, but I say that because when I say the word guardian angel, everybody immediately knows what I mean. So that's just the terminology I use. So she is my brother's guardian angel. Now, I saw her. She was standing near the back door. We were all sitting on the lounge. And you know the back door, how you've got the the Venetian blinds and they've got the chain that you like slide up and down Uh, to open them? Yeah, yeah. Well, the bottom of that cord, how it's got the weight on the bottom of it, got swung back and absolutely thrown into the wall with nobody standing there. Oh, wow. I, I saw her do it. She was angry with me and my dad, her grandson, for putting my brother through this. Apparently, we made him feel really bad. So that was her way of basically telling us to knock it off. When it comes to these interactions with these these spirits, you said earlier that some of them have their glow around them, some of them don't. Yep. Have you ever been caught in an experience where you're talking to a spirit but you don't know it's a spirit, or do you always know it's a spirit? No, I, I, I always know it's a spirit. When I look at them, I can tell instantly. I see a lot of them. They can't all contact me, but I can see, I would say majority of them. I don't know how many there are around me at any one time, but I can see them. And just by looking at them, I get this kind of feeling. I'm guessing it's off their energy or something. has to be something like that. That's all I can put it down to, um, that I just get this feeling and I know that they're a spirit and they're not real. One thing that I I hear quite regularly when it comes to people who have had interactions with spirits and ghosts and things like that is that they feel physically drained after it. Do you get any symptoms like that? Absolutely, 100%. I've had numerous occasions where I will wake up, just had a full night's sleep. Uh, I've had a shower, getting ready, and I'll have an interaction with them, be it 20 minutes, half an hour. And afterwards, I feel absolutely wrecked. I tell everybody it's like having your mobile phone and you go to sleep and you're fully charged to 100%. After these conversations, these interactions, I'll go straight to bed and sleep for another eight hours. It absolutely drains me. Yeah, because I've I've spoken to paranormal investigators who, who are psychics as well, and they they say it's almost like you feel hungover. They kind of they kind of refer to it as a, a paranormal hangover. Yeah, it's um, a bad headache, almost nauseous, and just super super tired. That's the, that's my experience with it. That's really interesting because it really does go to show that these these spirits or or these beings or, or whatever they may be that they're they're taking energy from you to to interact with you. Then yeah, yep, that's what I've always said. I've always said that. They obviously need an energy source, and I'm it. And it's a, to, for me, that's a small sacrifice to make to have contact with these people. Still, I think it's I think it's fantastic. And if if that's the I guess the knock on effect to I guess have almost an infinite connection with your your family members, that's probably a really great trade off. Yeah, I'll take that any day of the week. It's totally worth it. So, you say you see you see family members mostly. Do you ever see other other spirits that you don't know out and about in public is this is this something where you can kind of be walking down the street and you could walk past a spirit that no one else can see and and later on you'll drive past another one is it is that type of interactions that you have absolutely 100 percent. i see them all everywhere 
they um i i don't know how to explain this 100% because it wasn't really a tangible thing that i did but there was a stage where any of them could come up and talk to me and go leading on from the draining of the energy you could imagine that if anybody was everybody was coming up to you asking you questions and talking to you zapping your energy that's not a fun time no you you'd be I, you'd be rooted <laughs> yeah i've always i've always explained it to people it's as if imagine you had a mobile phone that everybody in the world had the mobile number and every time they had a problem or a question they'd ring this number and you couldn't turn it off you couldn't decline a call you couldn't put it on silent you had to answer every single one of them that's how i've always said it so i've i managed to almost put a block up put a wall up whatever you want to say to only allow the ones in that i want to come in well that's that was actually going to be my next question for you because the that metaphor that you used was fantastic the whole if you had a mobile number and everyone knew it they would call you for every problem that they had do some of these spirits know that they've passed on or that they're in that limbo ground if if that's something that people believe no, they they don't always know. I had one instance with a family friend of ours whose son passed away in a motorbike accident and it was actually my mum and dad's godson. He passed away in a motorbike accident. I got the phone call, I told them and they instantly said, we're going to go over. So I thought, yeah, I'll, I'll go over too. And I saw him, all the family was there. We were all there. Everyone's upset, everyone's sad. And he's walking around and he was talking to everybody and he was confused. You could see it in him, like just the confusion because he didn't know where he was. He was talking to everybody and no one was talking back to him. He wasn't aware that um, nobody could see him. He didn't know that he passed away. So I basically walked into his bedroom, closed the door behind me and I sat on his bed and I called him in and he stood in front of me and I told him what happened and it took a long time for him to accept it. And so I kind to for lack of a better term, I helped him cross over in the realization of what had happened. And then after that, I helped his family members and that type of stuff. I told his mum in the past since that I've, um, that I've seen him numerous times. She knows that story about the, the night that he passed away. And so that's, that's the only real experience I've had with that. But um, I have had one, so that was pretty cool. Yeah, and it's it's kind of heartbreaking, but also really, really special in that that moment because you have to really feel for that that individual to know that they've they've not passed over, and you have to be the the bearer, I guess, of that bad news. But the the silver lining is is that you do help them move on to the I guess the next thing in their in their journey. Yeah, yeah, and it, I. It's really hard to put into words, but yeah, basically, I, that's the best way I can put it is I helped him cross over and that was kind of gratifying, but like kind of not because like you said, I had to inform him that he'd actually passed away, which was a pretty strange experience. Yeah, I, I can only imagine the, the conversation and I guess the, the emotion that that gets connected to, to something like that would be, it, it, it would be quite interesting because i mean you would already be mourning that he's lost and then you would have to be the bearer of bad news that he's been that he is he is gone yeah yeah it was it was surreal it was strange 
So when you talk to these spirits, do they do they talk about the afterlife? Is there anything like that that they give you any insight to or anything like that? Never. I've asked about it and they don't say anything. They just basically say, well, I'm here, aren't I? And to me, that is the afterlife. I honestly believe that. I don't know if they're here forever, but while I can see them, I cherish the moments, you know? Absolutely. And when they cross over, do you know what that step is for them? Do they come back? Is it is it a, is it an open door for them to to go in and out of wherever that next next step may be? I I can't answer that question 100%, but I I believe so. And I use the friend's son that passed away because that was like a matter of hours between him basically being declared dead at the accident scene and us being at the house and he was there. Oh, wow. Yeah, because basically the accident happened and then half an hour after that when he passed away, I got a phone call from a mutual friend to tell me. I told my parents and we were all in close vicinity. So I was there within two hours of him actually passing. Yeah, that's um that that is really quite surreal, isn't it? Yeah, and that's that's really the only experience I've had to um compare that with, you know. When you go into to buildings like say hospitals or anything like that, is that almost like a sensory overload for you? That is terrible and I hate it. Absolutely hate it. I hate going to hospitals. I hate going to nursing homes. I hate going to churches. Yeah. Yeah, I could imagine because these are these are places of turmoil. They're they're places of loss, and yep. for for someone who's so sensitive like yourself in in this field, I could imagine it's um you would be you would be a beacon for these spirits. Yep. Yep. Now, on the contrary to that, the one thing that I enjoy, and be, this is me because I'm a bit of a history buff. I love my history and my old things. Um, I'm very fascinated by graveyards and cemeteries, so I tend to visit a lot of them a lot of the ones with like old gravestones and stuff, just basically to the history side of things. But when I do go to these places, I do make sure that my walls are up, you know, I reinforce them so that it's, I kind of try to minimize the damage basically. Yeah. Cause I could imagine there would be a queue of these spirits that just want someone to talk to. Yep. The, um, if you've seen the movie, Oh, what's it called? Um, Annabelle, the latest Annabelle that came out. There's a scene in that movie where I was watching it in the cinemas with my ex-girlfriend and when I saw this, it was the closest thing to what I see that I've ever seen depicted in a movie and that is when the car breaks down out the front of the graveyard and the camera pans away and it pans back and in the background at the edge of the cemetery you can just see a wall of spirits. Oh, really? That there, that's the closest thing I've ever seen to what I actually experience. And that's, and that's your everyday life? That's my everyday life, yeah. Wow, that's incredible. That's incredible. I, I don't know what to say to that because it would it would feel like you were constantly being watched all the time. Oh, uh, yes, yes and no. Sometimes yes, uh, but I suppose I've just I've learned to live with it. And I think because I look at it in such a positive way, that kind of influences it as well. Because yeah. I've never once seen this as a burden. I've always seen this as a gift. Yeah, absolutely. No, that's a that's the the best way to go about it. So one of the things that you kind of touched on there earlier, David, was the fact that you said that you've actually had a negative experience <coughs> relating yeah, to this. Yeah, it's only happened once. I um, 
try to talk about this as little as possible because this is the one time with this gift that I've ever felt scared. I was, um, <clears throat> I was driving in my truck and I was driving past a cemetery. And again, just like the guardian angel, I'm going to use the term demon, but I don't know whether this was a demon. I don't know what this is. Again, I use it because when I say the word demon, everybody instantly knows what I'm talking about. Yeah. But this figure was jet black, like it was made out of charcoal black. It stunk. This thing just poured out evil. And it rushed towards me in my truck. The noise I'll never forget. The smell I'll never forget. And this thing actually scratched me down my left forearm on the inside of my forearm. And I had three gouges in my forearm. I got home as fast as I can, as fast as I could. I got in, my mum was standing there. I was white as a ghost, no pun intended. But um, basically pale as, she said to you, what's wrong? And I said, look at this. And I showed her my arm and she saw the three scratches down my arm. And as I pulled my jumper up and was showing her, she was freaking out, oh my God, oh my God. We both watched these scratches disappear in front of our eyes. Really? Yeah. That is, that is next level type of scary stuff. That was terrifying. That is quite possibly the, the most scared I've ever been in my life. The only time I've ever been scared with anything supernatural, paranormal. Um, if that never happens to me again, that's still way too soon. What do you think it was? So you think it was some type of demonic creature, some type of evil entity. Um, when you said it, it was rushing the the vehicle, so you, you were were you driving or were you parked? I was driving, and it rushed into the vehicle. Yep. It um, now this truck was a flatbed, so I could see out the rear window. I drove past it and I saw it on the side of the road. This thing rushed towards me, came through the back wall of the truck, and was in the cabin with me. The noise is was something like a cross between a shriek, a roar. It was just absolutely terrifying. The smell was like sulfur crossed with rotted meat. Absolutely putrid smell. And then it scratched me, and as quick as it came, it was gone. That's terrifying. I Yeah. I'm being honest here. I am absolutely covered in goosebumps even at the thought of that type of encounter happening. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I've got prickles on the back of my neck just talking about it. I really, really hate reliving this story. That's that's genuinely terrifying. And it it's terrible you had to go through that. And I guess the, the silver lining is out of all the experiences that you've ever had to, to only really have that one that one bad experience is, I guess, the silver lining. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I suppose it's, it's a trade-off. If that's the one that I have, so be it. I came out of it, I'm still okay. It didn't have anything, any long-term negative effects on me or anything. It didn't put me off doing what I do. So that's one good thing, I suppose. One of the, the questions that I have for you here, David, is do you think there's a reason that you you have this gift? Do you think you've you've just been blessed with it or do you think you have a purpose for it? To be perfectly honest, I've thought about it and I don't know. I don't know why I can do what I do, see what I see. I've tried to work it out so many times and I don't know what makes me different. I've always been 
open to this type of thing, whether it be spirits, whether it be UFOs, whether it be any type of supernatural, paranormal. I've always been open to it. And I think that if you are open to it, you're, you're more susceptible to seeing it. That's all I can put it down to. I haven't done anything magical or anything to be able to see this. It's just, to me, it's completely random. And there's no lineage lineage of it in your family, is there? No. Not well, not with the people I've spoken to. Not that I know of. I don't believe so. And have you ever encountered anyone else that has this, this similar ability? Yes, I have. I, um, I was at my longest friend, my best friend. Her mother passed away. And... I was in the church at the funeral and there was a a guy that walked in and there was just something about him. When I saw him, I I just knew he could see. I I knew he could see what I saw. I don't know what it was. It was, again, just like when I know that it's a spirit, I just had a feeling. And I actually said to my mum, I tapped her on the shoulder and I said, you know who that guy is? And she goes, no. And I said, he can see them too. And then... Afterwards, we were at the wake, and he was there. actually went up and started talking to him, and I basically just said to him, I said, you can see him too, can't you? He goes, I know you can as well. So we both kind of knew each other. We we knew we were both in the room. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah. That's incredible. Do you you talk to this individual often about the skill sets that you have? I've never spoken to him since. I didn't get his number. I didn't get his email. It was just that one bit of contact. I suppose I could talk to my friend to find out who he was, but no. It's um, it's 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 such a unique gift. It would almost be a shame to to not share that with another individual. Yeah, I have had one person, um, <clears throat> a guy who worked with me. He was <clears throat> very very spiritual as well, and his mum was a um. She was, I don't know what she was, whether she was like a white witch or something like that, but basically he said, he goes, you need to come and see my mom. She can, she can give you some stuff to do something to help protect me. And I said, okay, no problem. So I went and <clears throat> I went and met her for the first time. And when I said hello, she kissed me on the cheek and she shook my hand. Now, it was the most surreal feeling when she shook my hand. It felt like a visible line from the top of my head down to my toes as if she was downloading me into her. Really? Yeah. It was unbelievable. And then we were there for two hours just talking about this and she basically gave me these two stones in a in a special bag and I've still got them to this day. One, she said, is a protector stone. The other is a reflector stone. So she said she has any time it gets you get filled down or anything. She goes, just hold these and just reflect and think. She goes, and they will they will work. And you find that they actually work for you? Yeah. Well, I have. I don't know if I don't know if it's them. I don't know if it's just me calming myself down. But yeah, if they well, they haven't had a negative effect. That, then that's that's the most important thing, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Well. David, it's been absolutely fascinating talking to you, mate. It, you have been one of the most fascinating people I've spoken to in a long time. It's um, the the I guess the gift that you have is absolutely amazing, and I it's a shame that your family were it took so long for them to to get on board with the I guess the gift that you have there. But it's um it's great to see that they're they're slowly warming up to it, and that you can kind of share these experiences with them. Yeah, it's, I've fought the long fight, so, you know, it's, yeah, it's good to have, just to have that acceptance, you know. 
And that's going to do it for tonight. And remember, if you have had an encounter, get in touch with me. My email address is believe at ccradio.com.au or you can message me on Facebook and that's facebook.com forward slash believe UFO radio. Until next time, stay safe and you've been listening to Believe Australian Paranormal and UFO Radio. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.